Hi, I'm Brad Marshall, the author of the blog Fire in a Bottle and host of this podcast, Fire in a Bottle, the podcast. Today, I am very excited to share with you an interview I had with David Tillman, who has done incredibly well on the croissant diet, uh, using the ideas from my article introducing the croissant diet, which came out in December of 2019. Uh, he has a series of YouTube videos. He is Dave Fit, all one word, Dave Fit on YouTube. So check out, you can check out more of his experiences over there. Dave was, during his croissant diet experiment, was using a, a stearic acid shake. And he's going to say his recipe during the article, but so you don't have to listen to the whole thing to find it. He was using... Uh, he says three to four ounces of orange juice, typically four, one and a half ounces of unsweetened cranberry juice, one and a half ounces of frozen baby spinach, and one and a half tablespoons of stearic acid to make a single smoothie. And he would actually make this as a double recipe and drink half in the morning and half in the afternoons. I have one kind of funny point about this article uh, or about this interview. I was, it was a hot August night and I was sweating profusely <laughs> during the thing. And I, I, I explained to Dave that it was, it's very hot and muggy in, in August in upstate New York. And we don't have air conditioning typically, which is all true. But I had also just started my, uh, succinate trial. Um, since then I released succinate, which is basically a form of succinate that's, um, aimed at increasing thermogenesis, increasing metabolic activity. And so I did interrupt Dave and said, because we could see each other. And I literally had a rag that I was using to mop the sweat off my face as we talked. Um, so that's a funny note. And that is why I was sweating so much during this interview. Anywho, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Dave and I go into a pretty wide ranging discussion about his background. We talk about Dave's ideas about research and what more experiments should be done to prove some of this stuff. Uh, I ask him questions about some had suggested on the the Reddit subgroup r slash saturated fat, where a lot of these ideas that I presented on my blog and the ideas presented on hyperlipid by Peter Dobromilski are discussed and some had suggested on there that perhaps, and I think in the discussion on my blog as well, that perhaps Dave had been using uh, some kind of steroid replacement, um, testosterone replacement therapy. So I asked him about this in in this episode just to set the record clear on that. Uh, I think it's a really good conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. It's um, We're here with Dave David Tillman who is, uh, at this point, probably the world's uh, croissant diet champ, reigning champion. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to crown him. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, well, it's 8.30 p.m. my time. And, um, you know, I'm, we're, we're, we're laid back. I believe David has just uh, put his child to bed and we're, we're you know, exactly we're right. chilling out and we're talking and I'm having a little... Uh, of my house red and, uh, and we're going to get into it. And so, uh, yeah, this is welcome to the show. Uh, this is meant to be kind of a fun show about topics that I'm 
interested in and the research that I'm doing. And, um, and this first one, I think everyone is going to be excited to hear from Dave and his experience and his thoughts. And he's got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, like he was just telling, what were you saying about you've been working out of the gym for 37 years now? Yeah, pretty, pretty consistently through at least three times a week and many times during that last, you know, 36, 37 years more than that. But now I only go three times a week for about 45 minutes. So I used to be, you know, in another life 20, maybe 30 years ago, I was a personal trainer. I, I owned a gym and I used to help people work out and, you know, write diets for people and that kind of stuff. So right on. And so, uh, right. And so you were, so you've been you know, as you gained weight as an adult, you were working out regularly. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't stop. I just, and and really, when I started, I mean, I had put on, you know, I'll call it the, you know, the COVID fifteen, you know, um, sure, and and caught myself in the mirror one morning and said, you know, geez, what's going on? You know, so I need to do something. And uh, about that same time, I stumbled onto you. I, I think because I kept trying to figure out where it was, and I think it was Ben Greenfield. I was looking at some of his stuff, and I think uh, I found you through him, you know, like the croissant diet or whatever. And so I read the article, and I kind of laughed because I thought, well, this will never work. But, you know, I, I was interested, and so I went and I read, and then I saw all the research that you you were doing, and I kept reading and reading and reading. And the more I, more I read, I said, man, this guy sounds like he's onto something. I'm going to try this. And so I did. Um, and I took the full spirit of the way the French eat to heart. So not any of the subsequent ideas about changing sugar intake or that. I mean, I said, OK, well, the French ate sugar. You know, they ate white flour. You know, I, I you know, you know, they they ate saturated fat, no polyunsaturated fat. So I just said, OK, I'm going to get rid of the saturated fat and I'm going to eat. I'm, I mean, the polyunsaturated fat, I'm going to eat more saturated fat and I'm going to have croissants and cheese and you know bread and sugar and all of that and i did and it worked yeah so. i mean i i got you know it's funny i got so many um anecdotes uh after i published the croissant diet of people who said you know i went to france and i wasn't really trying and we ate croissants in the morning and you know we went about our day and i got back and i lost 10 pounds and i didn't yeah. i wasn't trying to and i didn't expect it and like super surprising, but that's, that's what happened. Right. And, um, so I yeah, think interesting, interestingly enough, I lived in Germany for six years in my life, two separate times. Once when I was real little, like kindergarten, first and second grade, my dad was in the military. And then the second time, um, I was over there, I was like seventh, eighth and freshman year in high school. And then I went back over the summer between my junior and senior year. And one of the things that I remember that just even the Germans doing was, you know, they put butter on their sandwiches. You know, they didn't, you know, like here they use mayonnaise or whatever. They, right. they put butter on sandwiches and butter, big slabs of butter on, you know, brochen or hard, you know, actually it's not hard. It's just hard on the outside, real soft on the inside, but German bread. And it was, you know, fantastic, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and it harkens back to I remember um in my even in my 20s um I was working in Berkeley and we did a work trip to the um the Virgin US Virgin Islands and I remember there was a uh, there was a lot of Europeans vacationing there 
And I was, you know, at the time I was like doing Atkins, right. Which was the thing at the time. Sure. And, um, no one called been, it, no been, one, been there, done that. Yeah. No one called it keto yet. Right. Right. And, right. um, and I just remember seeing all of these Europeans and, you know, there was like a, there was like a buffet, right. It, for meals that everyone ate at at this resort that people were staying at. And I just remember the, all of the Europeans were all super lean and they were walking up to the salad bar and just filling their plates with like baguettes and bread, you know, it was just so much bread. And I watched them eat this bread. And, and at the same time, I'm on the Atkins diet (laughs) and I'm, and I'm looking at them and going like something doesn't, quite right. add up here you know yeah. and that was like I, I i remember that just being the specific moment of being like something's not right and i and i don't know what it is <laughs> right i don't yeah. know what's wrong i don't i don't understand yeah. what the issue is right now but it was so right so it wasn't until obviously significantly later that i'd had that sort of eureka moment of like oh i get it um well it was we you know the the broad term fat you know, and the broad term carbs. And it's like, I always say, well, which kind are you talking about? Because there's all different kinds. That's why I say now anyway. But used to, it was just like, if you wanted to do keto, like the traditional keto now, the high fat keto, you know, people are doing nut butters and they're doing, you know, and they're getting a bunch of polyunsaturated. They're baking. I mean, bacon right. is the staple of the high fat because it's just awesome, right? Absolutely, you know? absolutely. You know, so I'm doing, you know, fried chicken and bacon and, you know, and, and this kind of stuff when I was doing keto, uh, you know, not knowing anything about the fat source. It's just like, hey, it's a high fat diet. It doesn't really matter mono, poly, you know, just whatever, saturated, just, throw, you know, throw it in there, get the grams up. Right. Right. And, uh, and then you get mixed results and you don't know why you're shrugging your shoulders and maybe somebody else is doing it. Well, I'm doing keto and I'm doing great. And maybe they just aren't eating all the bacon that I was or whatever, you know? Right. Sure. And then you've realized that some of the bacon out there is probably 35% polyunsaturated fat, which is higher than canola oil. Yeah. Right. And right. of course that's all about what you feed the pigs and all that. Um, and I don't need to get on that high horse right now, but, uh, sure. anyway, so yeah. So what, what was your, okay. So, all right. So now what were you eating sort of like, you know, before you started the croissant diet? That's what I'm curious about. Like, well, I mean, I, so let me back up. So 2019, almost the whole year, or maybe a portion of 18 and into 19, but yeah, for and, and, you full, go, and you can go back as far as far as you want. Cause I'm, I'm just curious about, well, I mean, so, I mean, I've done a lot. So like back when I, years ago, when I competed in a little bitty local amateur bodybuilding show and I was a personal trainer back then. So it was good for business, you know, for the guy training the people to go enter a local competition. Um, you know, I was doing the traditional bodybuilder diet, which was chicken breasts, egg whites, and tuna that had been rinsed, you know, chicken breasts that were padded dry. So there's no fat on them. And then sweet potatoes, steel cut oats, and pounds of broccoli. And that was pretty much the whole landscape right there. Right. Nothing else. And what I realized about that, and I got very lean on that. Uh, I got very angry on that too. Right. Um, I was going to say, that's a diet that I could see how you could get lean on it because it's probably satiating from all the protein. But it just doesn't, no, it just doesn't sound like very much fun to eat. No, it was not. It, <laughs> it is sounds, not it sounds, it sounds, fun it, at all. It sounds, it sounds joyless. It is joyless. I mean, we had this thing that we used to put on things. It was this like 
I don't know, sprinkle on butter buds, like it was a sprinkle right. on powder that was supposed to taste like butter that went on potatoes or something. And it was, it was awful. Um, but yeah, but what I realized about that diet though, was looking back was, Hey, there wasn't, there wasn't hardly any poly in that either, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and, and so, so I kind of got this, you know, aha moment, like, you know, maybe, Somebody somewhere did this one times, you know, who knows, you know, before Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vince Gironda or somebody sure. did this and it worked. And then all the bodybuilders from that point forward copied it and it worked. Right. 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 And so, you know, back, I mean, you're eating eight and nine chicken breasts a day and, you know, a dozen egg whites and with a couple of yolks. You did have a couple of yolks. For some reason, we were supposed to throw in a couple. Of, I guess that was so we got some fat and we didn't just have rabbit starvation. Well, it might have been for the vitamin content too. Well, that too. Uh, and of course, we were taking big multi-packs, you know, these things called animal packs. It was like the largest pack of horse pill vitamins that you could find. They come in a can and each one of the pills is like, I don't know. I mean, they're just massive and there's like 20 of them in there. And this had every nutrient that they knew of at the time. I mean, there's desiccated liver in there. There's you know, inosine, there's vitamins, there's amino acids, there's a, a capsule for everything. You know? Right. So I we mean, taking, when I was, we were taking those. My dad, my dad's a country vet. And so, you know, he had a, a, a tool that they could give these big, uh, these big pills to cattle, like from the, from the back end, if you know what I mean. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suppository. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, well, wait, wait. when you yeah. say horse vitamins, that's what I, that's what I, that's where my mind goes. I, I, well, yeah, well, they were probably that size. We learned, we learned how to swallow them. And so to this day, I can still take a handful of modest size pills and six or eight, 10, and just wash them down with one gulp. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't supplement much these days, a little bit, um, just because I, before I was doing the croissant diet, fast forward, um, I had, so I was vegan for all of 2019. For some reason, I started seeing stuff. I saw some of these like forks over knives videos and, sure. you know, and, and, and I, you know, I was like, Hey man, man this sounds pretty convincing. And I did it. That guy, that, that guy's, uh, from my hometown of Ithaca, New York. The okay. Yeah. Yeah. T, T. Colin Campbell. He actually, in a weird way, got me interested in a lot of this stuff because he did the initial China Health study, which is fascinating. And I disagree right. with I disagree with him on almost everything. But the China right. Health study is great. Anyways, so well, the actual one, not the piece, not the select not pieces. The, not, the, not the not the the book, not the throwaway paperback novel that he wrote, but like the nine hundred page hard copy manuscript right. of just pure data from China is right. Fascinating. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I I'm certain that it is, but I, I you know I was probably more listening to people talk about the more paperback version. You know, <laughs> right? No, that thing um, is, that thing's trash. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, anyway, so, but, I, I cut you off. You were talking about uh, no, uh, it, it, you were vegan for 2019 because of forks over knives and convincing. Yeah. Some, and, and well, once I saw that, I saw I saw a few more documentaries, and I just sort of became convinced. I mean, these people's health is really good, and you know, I'm not getting any younger, and uh, my wife is significantly younger than I am, and so you know, I, I've got you know a, a little one in there you know we were we were working on conceiving at that time and so anyway um that that worked out great anyway 
my almost two-year-olds in bed right now, but, um, and I have two grown kids. So I got one that just graduated, my son graduated from the University of Alabama uh, just like a month and a half ago. And so he's back home. And then my old, my daughter, my oldest, she's a couple years older than him. So, and she's right. out of school too. Um, so I've got it on both ends. I've got a 23, a, 20, a 22, a 25 and, a, you know, and a almost two-year-old, two year 21 yeah. month. 21 month old. So in November, he'll be two. Sure. But yeah. So I'm thinking like, well, I got a lot of responsibilities here. I, I need to take care of myself. Right. Right. Sure. Um, and that, so the, so the vegan thing was part of that. And, um, you know, obviously when you're not doing any specific diet, you're just sort of coasting along and you've got, idea, I mean, I've got always got in my head ideas about nutrition and, you know, things that aren't great and so forth just from years of doing it. So, sure. you know, I, I, but, but when I wanted something, I would have it. I just compensate the next day by being more strict or whatever, but that wasn't really tracking or following anything. So when I went vegan, it was a whole new way of eating. Um, you know, and I didn't do it like, I guess a whole food vegan, you know, I went, first thing I did was I went and bought all of the pre-packaged vegan meats at every kind they had. Cause I, I said, these are going to be horrible. And I found a few that weren't right. Right. Uh, and, and so I stuck with those, you know, the, there's the, I don't know, beyond brats or something like that. Sure. And they're, they're, they're actually pretty good. Uh, and beyond burgers and stuff like that. And the impossible burgers, you know, decent as well. But anyway, so I was eating a lot of that and those things are loaded with polyunsaturated fat. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're made out of, but I know it's right. beef protein and, um, yeah. do you know what else is in there? I mean, it's probably, it's probably soybean oil, I assume. Yeah. 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 Soybean oil. And they do use coconut oil in them too. Um, you know, so, I mean, right. Not necessarily all bad, but bad enough. I mean, you know, they're, they got to make them taste good. They've got plenty of fat and, you know, and I don't think sodium is bad. I, I take, I mean, I try to get, four, you know, close to 4,000 milligrams of sodium a day. So, right. um, sure. and, and, and then I always try to be above that on potassium, but that's a whole other thing. Anyway. So I, I picked up ideas along the way, but when I was vegan, you know, I dropped maybe 10, 12 pounds initially because I just kind of tightened up what I was doing and then nothing else changed. And I never was lean being vegan. And I had, quite a bit of, you know, gastrointestinal, you know, bloating and stuff that happened. For, it wasn't all the time, but it happened often enough. I mean, at right. least a couple of days a week. And I, you know, so I, I never was trying to figure out, Hey, which particular food, because the way the whole premise behind it was just eat anything you want, as long as it doesn't have animal stuff in it, you're fine. So I wasn't tracking, you know, micros or macros or anything. Sure. Other than trying to make sure I got, I always try to get you know, about 1.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So no matter what I'm doing, I even did that when I was vegan while I'm working out. Cause I'm just right. like the studies show you really can't use more than that. Um, and so I always try to do that. So I was doing that with vegan protein powder and, you know, the vegan protein pea protein substitute meats and stuff like that. Sure. Sure. But, um, and so what, so what would, all right. So what, what would a typical day of, David eating vegan look like just on average, you know, what, how many meals, how many meals a day? What was for breakfast? What was for dinner? Generally, you know, three meals and another meal that was, you know, kind of, I call it a snack, but I mean, it was still, it was still a meal. So you basically four meals a day. That's kind of been the routine. So breakfast usually was like hash browns with some vegan sausage patties and uh, you know, 
stuff like that, you know, and right. lunch would be, um, you know, a bunch of broccoli and a bunch of raw veggies in a bowl, um, you know, that I put, you know, various sauces on. I kind of tried to make a like, sort of like a, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's like a Hawaiian bowl. So I had like sliced ginger in there. I had, you know, mushrooms in there for, you know, because mushrooms are anti-estrogenic and, you know, so yada, yada, you know, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to keep some principles going. Sure. Um, but, you know, anyway, and it, it's, it was just hit or miss. I mean, I, I wasn't tracking my weight. I felt, pr- I actually felt pretty good, you know, while I was doing it, um, other than the, digestion issues that would pop up once or twice a week. And I, after I was vegan about maybe four months or so, my buddy Rob, the one who's doing this with me now, um, the croissant diet now, um, he, he's an amazing cook and, uh, and he cooked a brisket and, um, and you know, that's just, I'm like, I, <laughs> That's just, I'm tor- sorry, that's, just tor- that's just torture. I went to, I went over to his house and I was, I brought my food with me, you know, I mean, I'm the weird vegan in the room and, right. and, I, and you know, I'm just saying because all, everyone else here, you know, they're, they're full blown carnivores. And, um, and so that brisket just looks so, so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm just going to have, I mean, I've been strict for four months. I haven't, you know, failed once. So right. here I go. So I eat like, I don't know, maybe an eight or 10 ounce piece of this brisket. And it was fantastic. And, you know, euphoric and everything else. And I came home and my stomach, I guess all the bacteria or whatever in your gut that help you digest meat, I killed them because they were right, gone. Right. Because my stomach blew up like a basketball. I mean, I was in pain and my wife was like, my gosh. Like, I mean, it literally was just like, <laughs> I was laying there. It was hard, too. I mean, it was just like blown out. So I was like, okay, I learned my lesson. Um, or, you know, for the most part. So pretty much for the next, you know, six, six eight months, I mean, I didn't cheat at all. I mean, I stayed true to being vegan, no animal products at all. And, um, and, but I just didn't get the results. So after that, I, 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 you know, I say gradually, heck, it was probably over a week. I just sort of transitioned back to eating regularly. And, uh, and I, and I stumbled across a guy, uh, Stan Efforting, who is a professional bodybuilder and, power in a world record power lifter. They call him the world's strongest bodybuilder. And he's in, he's older too. He's like fifties. And so I found one of his videos on YouTube and I liked his concept. His concept was he has a diet called the vertical diet. And so the base of the diet is all these nutrient dense foods, you know, red meat for B vitamins. And, you know, it's got a few things that are not necessarily that great, but but they sound great. A couple of Brazil nuts for selenium, a little bit of cranberry juice for iodine, you know, a, a couple of four ounce servings of orange juice to stimulate the liver, you know, extra salt, a couple of eggs every day. And so when you plug all this stuff in, you you find out that, hey, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm hitting I'm kind of maxing out on my nutrients here. Right. It, when you, know? you put it into like your your app, right? It, yeah, it's it's you're hitting 100 percent on everything because you added these. Yeah. Super, These, super, foods, super, right. Right. Yeah. Super nutrient dense yeah. foods. So, so when I started the croissant diet, I, I wanted to keep that. So, sure. so I said, I'm going to do that with the croissant diet. So like, you know, I got a hard time. I don't know in some of the forums or whatever, uh, or YouTube, maybe in the beginning, I don't really care, but uh, about hogging, you know, that my nightly hogging to us or, well, it was actually three nights a week when I was losing it's every night now. Um, I, 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 I eat, I eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs every night, but the thing is, is that 
at the end of the day, when I would look at, I don't know how you say it, chronometer, chronometer. Yeah, I uh, think it's chronometer, but chronometer. I okay, so, I actually, so, I actually don't know either. Maybe it's chronometer. I don't know why so, I even say that. That's just what I think of it as. So I, I get, you know, I look at chronometer, and I'm, you know, I'm short a little bit on calcium. I'm short a little bit on magnesium. I'm short a little bit on potassium, and I put my pint of Häagen Dazs in, and voila, I'm at 100. percent So this, I mean, Häagen Dazs is pretty nutrient dense. Right. You know, it's got it's got quite a bit in it. So it rounded out my day. And then later on, people kept asking me because I also was eating a carrot every day because this was a Stan Efforting thing. And people kept asking me, like, are you following Ray Pete? And I'm like, I've heard that name. I mean, like way back in the past. So, so I start dig I start digging into Ray Pete and I'm like, oh, well, this is probably where Stan got half of this or part of this stuff. He Stan picked things up from various places. And right. Again, but well, I was doing the it, daily it, carrot, you know. Right. And it's a story of my life because I'm also have been compared to Ray Pete a lot. And I, I, you know, I sort of got here right through a very different Avenue, but at the sure. same time, yes, there's absolutely a lot that sort of Ray Pete's thinking and my thinking have in common. And I see that now, and I still haven't had the time to like dig through his stuff. And I'm sure there's a ton of interesting stuff there, but I haven't, there I haven't really read it all. I've read very there. little. And I, and I think there was an early, I, I think I did read I because I was doing a lot of just you know Googling about omega threes and polyunsaturated fats and he does have an interesting article that I did that I do now realize that I read years ago that was very influential in my thinking about you know uh, total PUFA in the diet and then omega six and omega three balance and all that kind of stuff. But I'm glad you brought up Ray Pete because it's definitely a lot of parallel thinking, yeah, there, a, right? And I, we I, came I, from different angles, but it's interesting. Yeah, it is. And I've I've read, you know, probably two thirds of what he's published on his site. I don't right. I haven't bought any of his books. I mean, I, they're more, I guess, um, women specific, you know, endocrinology issues. Right. So I, I, I was like, I, I don't know, that's not a necessarily a particular interest of mine, um, although they say there's great gems in those books. But I have uh, since then, you know, stumbled on to some other people. I got, I got turned on to Chris master, John. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have changed some of my values for my nutrients based on his research. Like, you know, I think biotin, he was like, you know, get your, you know, micrograms based on your body weight, you know, or no, or was it grams of protein per day? I can't remember, but whatever it was, sure. I, I actually signed up for his master class and, and, um, you know, oh, nice. and, and read all, you know, I'm going through all of the articles and stuff, watched a bunch of his videos, very informative. And, and I mean, as far as somebody who knows their stuff about, you know, micronutrients you know, that I've found, I mean, he, he seems to be king and, and even interesting. I, I found a video of his that uh, was talking about polyunsaturated fat. They were the, the title of the video was is polyunsaturated, saturated fat toxic. And he wouldn't say that it was, but he, but he did. I mean, <laughs> right. he basically said, well, I think you need about two grams of it from all sources, including omega threes a day. And you do need it. But then after right. that, but it's so little, else, it's, it's an amount that you, you couldn't possibly not get if you're eating actual food. Even if all you eat is white flour, you'll still end up yeah. getting two grams of PUFA, you know, it's right. like, which right. is like, there's almost none in there, but there's enough. Yeah that if that's all you eat, you'll get it. Right. 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 And that, that was the thing was, you know, the aha moment. And then, you know, Ray, you know, was, 
I was initially because I was doing the fish oil capsules and, um, and you know, I started reading Ray's stuff and he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's worse than the other because it oxidizes. It, it has more double bonds. So it oxidizes fat. It acts, oxidizes faster and at lower temperatures. So, right. um, so, so, you know, pretty much if you buy it in a capsule, it's likely already, you know, oxidized. And of course he goes into like, none of this stuff I knew when I started doing your, none of the, I didn't do the deep dive on PUFA. I just followed what I read on your site to, you know, and I incorporated it my way. Right. Sure. Um, but I, I tried to stay true to the spirit of the original, you know, eating like the French, you know, so to speak with, with the foods that I had access to. Sure. No, it's fantastic. So, okay. So let's, let's back up to that. So, okay. So, uh, so you're vegan, for about a year right in that okay so then covid comes but now you're you're eating what you say is quote normal which is yeah i mean you know i and i i i'm probably not following anything particularly i'm kind of doing i'm eating my grams of protein like i always do and i'm sort of you know doing a little bit of stand efforting but i'm not i have no thought process about polyunsaturated fat at this point you know so if you know if there was a glazed donut out there you know and it would not make me go over my calories for the day and it wouldn't mess up my you know, macros, I'd have it or bacon or whatever, Sure. you know? Yeah. So, so I'm just eating kind of Stan efforting light, if you will, you know, sure. sure. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not following his plan because the vertical part of his plan, once you get all this base in, it's about taking the rest up with rice and red meat. If I understand, stand it correctly, just, and this is for bodybuilders and powerlifters who want to get big and I don't want to do that. So I have no interest in the vertical part. Right. Um, sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm beyond, I mean, I'm 53, about to be 54 in October. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have any interest in being big or anything like that anymore. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so, right. um, just, just healthy. And so that's the background. And then COVID comes, you know, you add the COVID 15 yeah. as, yeah. as, you know, I think pretty much everyone did. Um, and that's when you switch to the croissant diet. Exactly. I, and I, you know, and I kind of, I mean, I still was, I was still afraid of it, you know, in a sense, in the back of my mind. I mean, like, you know, okay, I'm reading all this, but I've got all this dogma about saturated fat and cholesterol that every human I run into has. <laughs> sure, it's, of course. It is ingrained and I've got it too. And so I'm thinking, all right, I think this guy's on to something, not knowing you yet. You know, I think he's on to something. The research is sound. I actually go and read the studies that you reference. You know, I mean, my wife says I'm weird because I've, I've been reading PubMed in bed for, you know, the last five years. Um, you know, but anyway, uh, and so, you know, every time I read a study that you, you know, you pointed to it, you know, it lined up with what you were saying. And so I, I tried to read some of Peter's stuff over at hyperlipid. And just like you said, it was, it was too dense for this country boy. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I could pick up on it a, a little, yeah. but I had to back down to uh, Brad Marshall's website. And, and even then you had me running, you know, looking up words and stuff. So um you know, endocrinology terms and all these different, you know, enzymes in the, you know, 
mitochondrial, you know, electron transport chain. And I'm like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is a, when you're a bodybuilder, you're like, okay, so what do I do? All right. Well, it's steak and eggs, you know, Monday through Friday, and then you recarb, you know, on the week. Okay. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good, let's go. You know, nobody's <laughs> talking about it. I actually had a buddy of mine who found, you know, he, he found out that I was doing this and he said, Hey, uh, meet me for lunch. And so I'm like, okay, I meet him for lunch. And I, I said something about mitochondria and he said, Mita who? Right. You know, like, yeah. He didn't yeah. know what it was. I was like, I was like, yeah. So well, did you remember biology? You know? And he was like, vaguely. I'm like, it's the powerhouse okay. of the cell. Yeah. It was a powerhouse <laughs> right. of the cell. He's like, dude, I haven't, like, I don't know. That was, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I, I, I realized that, you know, even just these kind of terms kind of, you know, sail over, I I'm interested in it. Other people are not, don't have that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And no, and just tell me what works, man. Right. You know? Right. Totally. And there's no doubt about that. And obviously that's, you know, thinking about ways, right. How do we, uh, take these deep molecular biology and like bring it to the masses? Cause it's important, but, um, right. I've, I've been, I've been, this was, this will, a lot of people will be excited about this. Um, I've, I did, I've been doing a deep dive on a thing called the, the air. I don't, again, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's called a R Y L the arrow, or perhaps the a rail. I don't know. I think it's the arrow in my head is the arrow hydrocarbon receptor, which is this thing called a nuclear receptor. And it, and it, um, what it does is actually kind of interesting. It, um, in response to, uh, organic toxins. So, in the um like, like endotoxins like the not, shedding not, of- not not endotoxins like bacteria but things like uh, like pcbs so oh. in the in the uh, hudson river i know for whatever reason i think it's, it has to do with brent coal there's tons of like high these uh um i just said the word and i've already forgotten it but uh pcbs and yeah. the and these things are these like organic um you know these organic pollutants and you know, and they're very in our, reactive. They're, they're very reactive, and they're in our, you know, they're in our food, they're in our milk, they're in our right, whatever, right. Uh, all kinds of things that we consume, we breathe, we eat, and they trigger this thing called the aerohydrocarbon receptor, and that thing um, will, when activated, increase the the sort of lipogenic genes, the things, the same things that make us fat, and the and increases the SCD one and a lot of other things I talk about in the blog, and so it's like. So it's very interesting because, you know, as I as we go further into this idea of like, you know, lipogenesis being a thing and these these genes all being turned on make you fat and like, and one of the things that turns those genes on is polyunsaturated fat, but also, you know, these organic pollutants that we know make people fat, and then, you know, there's these other things that there's these other nuclear receptors and they talk to the bugs in your gut and they also are triggering these same nuclear receptors and they're all kind of like fighting it out with each other to turn on these like fat making genes or not. Right. And it's crazy. And I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, but it's like, you know, biology is insane. It's literally insane. And so you look at that and you're just like, well, I I don't know, but (laughs) anyway, um, so that's like, you know, future stuff that I've been thinking about and reading all these papers. But um, speaking of really esoteric things, <laughs> nobody's really going to get. And then we have to figure out, right, how do we understand that and then package it in a way that right, people can right. understand, right? Yeah. But 
Anyway, so I disrupted your story again. So let's go to, so now you're in the early days of trying the croissant diet. Right. It's, it's a secret. Um, I'm, you know, I haven't told anyone and I am religiously. Like you're taking- like, you're like, I found an insane person on the internet, but I'm actually going to try it because yes. who knows? Right. You know, you might as well have been butter Bob. Um, if you, if you've heard, <laughs> I've, of, I've heard of butter Bob. Yeah. 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 So, and, and apparently somebody said, I look like him. So I, I've never seen, I've never seen him, but anyway, uh, a cross between him and Paul Rivera. And I don't know who that is either, but whatever. So I don't know. Uh, it was a comment on, on YouTube, but, <laughs> um, so I have to apologize. I'm like sweating profusely because it, it is literally 100% humidity and like 90 degrees right now in New York. And I don't have air conditioning, but okay. Sorry. Oh, wow. With that out of yeah. the way, go ahead. Sure. That's like <laughs> one of those things where you don't, you don't have to, you don't probably don't need it that often. Like back down where I live. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right, so, exactly. um, um, yeah, well, we're, we're hundred percent humidity and 90 something here too, but we have AC. You have air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, so I, I started it and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, do what little I can. So, um, you know, while my wife was pregnant, you know, she, she got, had a glucose monitor. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, you got any of those strips left, whatever. So I'm going to, you know, like check my blood sugar after I, you know, eat a pint of haagen or whatever. Sure. I got a blood pressure cuff. So, you know, I'm checking my blood pressure. And meanwhile, I'm doing this, I'm dropping weight and the blood pressure, which wasn't high, um, but it was, you know, I would call it borderline. I mean, I have a top number of 130 some days, bottom sure. number, you know, 82 or, you know, 84 or whatever. Um, and I noticed that, you know, I, I get down to, you know, I don't know, after about a month, I mean, I've dropped like 12, 14 pounds at this point, six weeks in, I'm like 18 pounds down and blood pressure, you know, top numbers like 116, 117, bottom numbers in the seventies. And then now it's like the bottom numbers is like, you know, mid sixties to bottom seventies and the top numbers like, you know, 112, 114. This is great. I don't check it every day now just because I'm like, it's great. You know, so my blood pressure got better uh, and my blood glucose response after uh, you know, eating haagen two hours later was, you know, like 105, you know, something, you know, insignificant from everything that I read. And I actually, I have a coworker that I sit next to who she is diabetic. And I asked her, I said, Hey, what does, what does ice cream do to you? She says, well, it'll, sp- she has, she wears a continuous monitoring thing. So, so she said, yeah, it'll spike me quick. So check your blood sugar like 30 minutes after you. So I checked 30 minutes after, and I came back, I told her, like, it was 118. She was like, you're fine. You got nothing wrong with your answer. Yeah, totally. So so I was like, okay. So I would periodically check those things, and those things were good. But meanwhile, my digestion got great. Like, I call it quiet or silent digestion. Like, my stomach doesn't make any noise at all. Like, when this, you know, all this poofa's gone, it's like, I don't have all this growling and gurling and whales talking to each other stuff happening. And so, you know, I thought, you know, this is great. So digestion's good. And then I noticed like my, I don't do cardio. I mean, I probably should, but I don't. Actually, I don't know if I should, but whatever, I don't. Um, But I noticed when I would, you know, get out there and run or, you know, my, my daughter and I hiked up a mountain up in Gatlinburg at our family reunion and it was a steep mountain and it was two and a half miles of basically call it stairs, if you will. I mean, it's like a stadium steps that were two and a half miles long. That's, and we're, we went all the way to the top and we're going at a good clip and I'm not even breathing hard. 
You know, I mean, we're, we're carrying on a conversation the whole way. And, uh, and I thought, you know, if I would have been doing this last year, I'd have had to stop two or three times and put my hand on my knee and catch my breath. So I'm like, this is wild. You know, like I, my, my endurance has improved. My strength in the gym is good. I've lost some strength because I lost 45 pounds. I mean, there is some leverage in fat. I don't care what anybody says. Plus, I've, according to my scale, I've probably lost 14 pounds of muscle or something like that as part of that 45 because um, I was in a deficit. I, I purposely was in a 10% deficit, but I stayed in the exact same deficit the whole time. Like I never changed it. And when I was competing in bodybuilding, you'd be in a deficit and you'd lose for a while and then you'd stop losing and then you'd take it down another notch and you'd lose and, you'd, you know, and you'd stop and you'd take it down again. And so this stair stepping down thing that we used to do, you'd get down. I mean, we used to joke that and say that, you know, we were on female fitness competitor calories by the time we were getting ready to step on stage. You know, we're down, you know, eating 1600 calories a day. Right. You know, and we started off up here at 3000 or something and worked our way down to there. Well, when you come off of that, everybody blows up and, you know, gets gains weight really fast. It's because oh yeah, we crashed our thyroid function. You right. Know, like and our, your body is a whole system of things it puts into, right. That it puts into play when if you starve yourself, that as soon as you start eating again, it's like, Oh boy, we need to store fat, right? Like that's that's the that's the signal that you're sending your body when you reduce calories that way, right? Like exactly. that's that's that makes makes perfect sense biologically, right? Like if you're in a starvation right. situation, your body's like, okay, the next time we hit calories, we're storing it, right? We're not burning yeah, it, yeah. right? No. And, and 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 it's it's but weird also, because I, it was also I wanted to say on your comment on your previous thing, you were saying that you so you switch over and you start eating all of the saturated fat and your blood pressure drops and your blood glucose drops. And then people think, and then people call the, you know, the idea that the French don't have heart attacks, a paradox, right? Because they're eating all this saturated fat and you're like, Oh, well actually that's not how it works. <laughs> no, ex yeah, no, exactly. Well, I mean, and, and since that time, I mean, I've gotten all into cholesterol, HDL and LDL and total and all of this stuff. And, you know, I've, I, you know, the things that I've learned is like, well, you know, LDL is like pretty much irrelevant unless you find out how much of it's oxidized and you've got these different size particles and this is the one that matters. And, and it's like, well, if I'm not eating a PUFA, which is what oxidizes the LDL, you know, like for transport or whatever, then, you know, chances are if my LDL number is a little bit high, you know, it's like, I remember, I mean, I, I listened, you know, crazy, crazy enough. I listened to a Ray Pete interview where somebody called in and they said something about, they told what their cholesterol was and said their doctor wanted them to do something. And he said, yeah, he said, um, they said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, you know, and they were asking him about a ratio and he said, yeah, I'd like to see your HDL a lot lower than it is. And I'd like to see your LDL higher, you know, and they were like, you mean, HDL higher and LDL lower. He said, no, the other way around. Right. And then he said, and then he said, HDL is like, it's kind of like white blood cells. You know, if you go into the doctor and you have elevated white blood cells, the doctor says, uh Oh, we got a problem. Something's wrong in your body. Right. Well, you want to make your HDL go up, drink alcohol. Right. You know, and, or eat of high, a super oxidizable uh, oil, like an omega three you know, right. And your sure. HDL will rise. And it's like, this is a response. It's like, so they said this thing is good. Well, white blood cells are good for us, right? Okay. Yeah, they are. They're good for us, but we don't want to have a high level because it means something bad's happening. Right. Well, they're, seems respond to be this they're responding to the injury. 
Right. And it seems that HDL is the same way. So people running around with, you know, HDL, that's a hundred, you know, and it's like um, your doctor is elated because they've been told that this is highly protective. And it's like, yeah, it's protecting you from whatever it is something you're doing. bad that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so, so anyway, I, I, somebody asked me about cholesterol. And I said, yeah, I mean, all my numbers are in the reference range. They're, you know, they're not what your, your doctor would call good, but they're not, they're not bad. You know, I, I think my total was like 168. Uh, you know, my triglycerides were pretty low. Um, and you know, my LDL was around a hundred and my HDL was around like 42 or something like that. You know, and I was like, it's all in the reference range. And it sounds like this matches up with, you know, what some other experts say is good. And I figure the only reason LDL is a problem is because of all the poofa you're eating and I don't eat it. So, right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My son's asking me a question. Yeah. What do you need? What, what do you need? Uh, two packages delivered. Oh, they came today. Did it say they were delivered? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I didn't see them. I'll, I'll, you can tap on the door. Maybe Don, I wasn't here. Hold on. I'm going to be right back. Yep. Um, is there a, Hey, so there's a, jumping right back in. She, she may have grabbed it off the porch and put it in the back of her car. There's a, there was a flat box in the back. Did you get some crumbs or something? Okay. I'll, uh, let me get back to you. What, what, what a box of this big be, maybe be it? Uh, you can look in the back of her car. All right. And we're back. Um, all right. So, no, this is great. And so, yeah, and so you you start with a croissant diet. Uh, so, and let's just be clear what we're talking about. So that means you've eliminated all sources of PUFA. Correct. Right, and that probably includes um, vegetable oils, obviously. Yeah, uh, no vegetables. Also nuts, I assume. No nuts. No um, nuts. Uh, ba uh, commercial bacon. Um, yeah. Anything else that you eliminated specifically? Did you eat egg yolks or? I that, did eat. I that did one's so, that one's that one's kind of a borderline one. Yeah. So um, I I was trying to keep my total grams of polyunsaturated fat per day under ten. That was that was my goal. And most days I was a six or seven. Um, you know, tracking it and, um, you know, and occasionally something doesn't, you know, break it out. So you might be being lied to by your app, but whatever. Sure. Sure. Um, but so, so that's where I was, but I noticed, and I would have eggs about three times a week. And on those days I would hit my 10, you know, because right. I would eat two eggs and I'd get two more grams of, you know, according to, you know, chronometer, I would get two more grams of PUFA, you know, from the eggs, but I was eating them for the nutritional density. And the one crazy thing is, so my buddy Rob, who he's lost like 55 pounds doing this, and he started six or eight weeks after I did. Um, I told him in the beginning, because it was the Stan efforting thing, like to eat two eggs every day. And I guess I never told him that there was extra PUFA in the eggs. And so he did the whole time and he lost all the weight. So I don't know that eggs are a problem, you know, two eggs a day are a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much, right? It's like as a, when you look at the fat in eggs, proportionally, they're very high in PUFA, but 
they're not very high in poop. They're not very high in fat overall. So, so right. they don't really throw off your overall diet that much. Although, you know, if you're going to eat, who knows, you know, if you're eating six eggs, uh, maybe that's a problem, but most people, two eggs, you know, like you say, it's a couple of grams of PUFA. Probably and I okay. since put put it back to two because I just like the nutritional value of it, of eggs, particularly the yolk. So, so I, I now eat two a day. I, that after I lost the weight and I got down to two fifteen, and I said I was done, and then I thought, eh, you know what, I'm going to see if I can go a little bit lower. And so I got down to two oh six, and right now I'm I've I've been for the last two ten weeks I've been two oh seven two oh eight daily just right. that's where i stay so and, and but and my I calories now have gone up from when i started right so and, and how tall are you uh i'm six foot four you're six so, foot four okay so that yeah. makes sense that you're not because i think a lot of people have seen you know well and this will segue into i know i said we wanted to talk about this but there were I think there were questions on the on the uh your article posted on my site people were like oh this guy must be on must be taking steroid replacement or something. And I right. think it's like unclear, you know, when people say like, Oh, this guy's two fifteen, but you know, he's gotta be, and he's muscular. He's gotta be taking something. But like, I think, you know, if you yeah, don't, I mean, if I, you, if people think that you're five, eight at two fifteen, then. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, I go to a, I go to a pretty big commercial gym now. And I, I mean, you know, and I, I see the cruisers in there I mean, the, you know, I mean, these guys are, they're swollen everywhere, you know, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know why anyone would say that, that I am, you know, one of these guys, you know what I mean? But, sure. but by looking at it, but you know, but whatever, I but mean, people don't I, know and they don't go to gym. Yeah, sure. Sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do know what it looks like when somebody is, but I also know plenty of, of guys, I mean, my age that are on, you know, testosterone replacement therapy and they don't look good. I mean, you know, I so. mean, my, I mean, my father's on testosterone replacement therapy and he's, you know, in his yeah. oh, nearly 80. Right. But right. But anyways, but you got, maybe feels better. You know, I don't know. Well, right. And you got tested and you said, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. So. Well, right. So um, a couple years ago, I mean, I was considering it because I'm like, OK, I'm in my 50s now. I got some buddies that are, you know, uh, acquaintances, whatever, that are doing this. Uh, and out of the bunch, I think I maybe know seven or eight guys in their 50s that are, you know, that are doing it. And I know one that is in really good shape, but he always was in really good this, right. this guy was He's just, you know, he he weight trains and he does cardio and he's ripped, you know, so and he always he pretty much always was. Um, you know, when he was a younger guy, he was a male stripper, you know, I mean, so, you know, right, it's sure. like, it's just, just got that guy's got, got that going. But, um, so I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. So I went and I got tested and they were like, uh, you know, the guy was really knowledgeable and he was like, yeah, I, if I was your age and I had your, your level, I wouldn't touch it. Right. And I was like, good enough for me. Like, sounds you know? great. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. exactly. So, I mean, my level wasn't anything insane. I mean, I was just under 600. It was like 580 something. I don't remember. It was a couple of years back. I probably got the test somewhere. Uh, but, you know, I was like, okay, that's decent. You know, I mean, it's not right. You know, outrageous, I, I don't, but yeah, I've never, know, I think, I've never taken the test. So I don't, the number 580, I don't know if that's high or low, but 
Sounds I like, think it's, sounds I think like it's, you're fine. I think it's middle of the range. I think if you're below sure. three 300, you qualify and the range goes up to 900. And I think if you were 900, you'd probably have antlers and a tail or something. Right. So, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, so well, whatever. So, yeah. you know, he, he said, you know, hey, this is really, for a guy your age, he said, you're doing great. Right. Totally. You, you don't have any, only asked all the, you know, prerequisite male questions. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you, right. you know, you're, you're fine. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And so, all right. So you do the diet. Um, you, like you say, you get rid of your PUFA, you focus on eating saturated fat. Your what, what are your, what were your macro ratios uh, or what are your macro ratios and, and what, how many calories are you eating now? Okay. So for, for the loss uh, over the eight month period, uh, there were, uh, my, my ratio is 25% protein calories from protein, 25% from carbs and 50% from fat. Okay. And that usually worked out. And I always try to make sure saturated was higher than mono. Um, sure. Yes. You know, That's you know, um, yeah. So I, I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was above and I, I would say it was wound up probably being about a 60, 40, uh, saturated to mono. Right. Um, you know, right. roughly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, and then my, so before I started, um, you know, I said, okay, I've, I know from the past from doing, you know, keto from doing, uh, you know, a, a diet called the zone diet and other things, I kind of have an idea about how many calories I need to eat to maintain my weight. Right. right. You know, so I knew it was, you know, a little bit North of 3000. And so I started eating 3,400 and I was gaining a little bit of weight. So I dropped it down to 3,200 and I maintained it for a week and I didn't, you know, the needle didn't budge, you know, I mean, I basically stayed the same half a pound increments up and down, which is just normal from carbohydrate, water balance, whatever, sure. you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. so at the end of the week, I'm in the same weight that I was when I started and I said, okay, 3,200 is, you know, that's maintenance. That's. That's how I determined it. No, nothing more scientific than that. So I said, okay, I want to cut 10%. So I basically said, you know, I'm going to eat for lack of a better term. I came up with 2850, just rounded it off. Right. And then, uh, you know, I didn't do that right away. I, I calculated it and I figured it out. Um, but then I immediately went on travel for work. So I, I went up to Cape Cod and I was up there for like two weeks and I had just started doing it. So I had started eating croissants and butter and, you know, stuff like that and, um, and cheese. And, you know, I was buying these laughing cow cheeses, the little triangles, yeah, yeah. and I was buying, um, you know, lint chocolate and stuff like that. And so I went to, you know, like a Trader Joe's or something in the, in the little town, Hy Hyannis, I think it was, uh, Massachusetts. And, Went to Trader Joe's and bought, you know, a bunch of croissants and a bunch of cheese and a bunch of butter and stuff and took it back to the hotel room and roast beef and, and stuff. And I just started making sandwiches and eating that every day. And then I would, you know, stop off and get a pint of Haagen-Dazs and eat that in the room. And, and um, you know, and there, and there at the beginning, yeah, I was. And so the crazy thing about this hotel, this is kind of at the height of COVID, right? So we had to go, I had to get a, a swab test. Um, before I left because the state of Massachusetts required that you had one within 72 hours of arrival. So I right. went and I got the test done and it was going to take like two days to get the results. And so, um, you know, I'm like, okay, can I board my flight? You know, I don't know. I haven't got the results. I finally got the results back. I'm good. I don't have it, whatever. I get there and I'm carrying this piece of paper around um, that 
uh, you know, says that I'm clean or whatever. And, uh, and nobody at the airport asked me for it. And, you know, no, nowhere else that I went, I, did I ever get asked. Right. And, and so, but anyway, so I went and bought all this food and I'm, you know, and oh, the hotel I'm saying it's empty. There's no one traveling there. So the, apparently Hyannis is like a little port town and it's se- very seasonal. Right. So, so, you know, that it's a ghost town. I mean, and all the places, the restaurants and every, most everything's closing yeah, early closed, and yeah. are closed for the season. Right. So um, we didn't have a lot of food options, me and the guy I travel with. But the hotel that I'm staying in, the basement of the hotel used to be a Gold's Gym. Well, the Gold's Gym, and it was like from the 80s. I mean, it had like the purple like seat covers on everything and the white painted equipment. You know, I mean, I remember this gym because I worked out in the gym just like it in like the late 80s, early 90s. And, um, and it had every piece of equipment known to man. And it was in the basement of this hotel. And the hotel acquired it because it went out of business. Right. So I'm in this, got a whole Gold's Gym, you know, for like two, I don't remember how long we were there, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. You know, to me and the guy I'm traveling with, like we got the whole place to ourselves, you know. Right. So, I mean, anyway, it was crazy. So, but I'm eating, you know, like I got plenty of days where I'm hitting 4,000 and 5,000 calories and I'm weighing myself on the scale in the the gym, you know, the old slide scale. And I'm, I'm dropping, I'm still dropping weight. You know, I have a theory about why that happens now, but because I've seen it with so many people, I've helped this initial burst, right? I've seen so many people who just drop 12 pounds in three weeks and 15 pounds in three weeks. Like I have probably, and it happens about 50% of the people who try it. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that's right. I think it's, there's clearly a, um, some kind of, you know, biological thing where for some people, this is working very well and for other people's not so much. And I don't, I'm still trying to figure out what causes it, but yeah. It's yeah I, my, isn't it? my, my theory is, and so, and it's just that, I mean, it, it, it's based on nothing more than some things that I've read and something that kind of made me go, aha. Um, so my, not too long ago, my mom came to visit from Texas. They couldn't come for the longest because of COVID and everything. So my mom and my stepdad came and my mom said, hey, I want to try the croissant diet. Now, my mom is hypothyroid and she's been taking thyroid for years. She doesn't have any thyroid function. And, um, you know, and she's been eating, I mean, basically starvation calories forever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, she's on like she says that she can eat 1300 calories a day. And if she eats more than that, she gains weight. Right. You know, and I, my mom's smart. She's a smart right. lady. She knows. I, she, yeah. she, she knows. So, right. you know, and so I, I just, I, she said, so what do I need to do? And I'm like, well, you know, let's, let's ease into this, but you know, let's, let's put in, you know, and I, literally we put in like a, a tablespoon of butter and two tablespoons of heavy cream into the diet and eliminated the poofa. That was it. Right. That was all we did. So just a tiny little bump in saturated fat and got rid of the poofa. And, um, she lost, I think like 11 pounds in three weeks. Wow. And I said, and I told, and I, and I, whenever she told me, well, first she, so she lost like six and then she messaged me after a few days. She said, I lost six, but for the last three days, I haven't, haven't lost any. And I was like, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I'd I'd flatten out and then I'd start dropping again and flatten out and drop again. So I was like, just, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And so I didn't talk to her for a few days. And then when she came back and it was like, I don't remember what the number was, it was like, you know, 
two days later, she's like down nine. And I'm like, mom, you're losing weight too fast. You know, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't need to be losing that fast. I was like, we got to increase your cal. No, I can't. I'm like, you got to increase your calories. You got to, you got to raise them up. It's like, I can't do that. You know, I'm going to gain weight. I was like, let's raise them a hundred, you know, negotiate. So we raise them a hundred. She's, she still loses more. And we raise them another, I don't know, it's like 50. So I think she's on, she's around 1500 calories now. But right. she said, this is, she said, this is great. I get to actually eat food. Right. You know? She's not like starving yeah. herself anymore. Exactly. And what the great thing about it is we had this long discussion about picking foods that, you know, give her nutrients, which she's good about that. But some of the choices weren't as optimal as they could be. Right. And, you know, like I do and this weird and thing. And, and if you're like believing the, like you say, the hype about, saturated fat and you should be getting polyunsaturated fat it, it leads to some weird uh food choices from a nutrient density perspective right it's like Correct. Yeah. you know steak is so high in b vitamins and 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 you know and and people aren't choosing that because they're like well saturated fat you know exactly yeah they're avoiding things that are like oh don't eat eggs because they have cholesterol in them it's like they're loaded with vitamins don't eat steak because right. that's you know a ribeye because it's got saturated fat it's like that's my the fattiest cuts my favorite cut you know right it's also the most delicious but but yeah i mean so so some of those things so she you know she her diet's you know quite a bit different than mine but she she does eat an egg every day uh and you know she is doing my um you know borrowed my carrot, my daily carrot, you know, right. that, I, that I got from Stan Efforting that he probably got from Ray Pete, whatever. And, um, and then, uh, you know, she's you know, doing some steel cut oats and some orange juice and I forget what else is in there. I've got it written down somewhere, but anyway, you know, so she's eating a pretty, we tried to do some nutritional yeast, some unfortified nutritional yeast just to round out some vitamins and stuff, but that didn't sit well with her. So we dropped that. Sure. Um, but you know, Anyway, so, you know, I was just like, okay, I had a, another couple of friends that came to visit from out of town and husband and wife, they came, they left, they went back home. And then I was messaging them. Hey, how's it going? Oh man, I meant to tell you. Yeah. I, I lost, Steve lost nine and I lost 11 pounds. I'm like, you guys, that was two. I told you about this two and a half weeks ago. Right. You, you lost 11 and he lost nine and you didn't tell me it's like, yeah, you know, and, uh, and they're always messaging me. Well, she, the, the Mandy is always messaging me from the grocery store. Like, is this okay? You know, like snapping a picture and texting mm-hmm. it to me. I'm like, and like, does it have poof on it? Like, <laughs> then eat it, you know? Uh, but you know, that's my general answer. Right. For yeah, totally. No, like, sure. You know, if it doesn't have poof and you're not going to, you know, wreck your calories, then, you know, go ahead. Have it. So. Yeah. No, I agree. Right. Um, I so I think that carrots are uh, very dangerous, and I'll tell you why. It's because every time that I eat a carrot, they like have a way of like breaking apart into little little chunks and little pieces. And I swear, every time I eat a carrot, one of those chunks almost goes down my lungs, and I almost <laughs> like uh, you know. I, I breathe, somehow every time I eat a carrot, I end up breathing part of it into my lungs. And that's why I don't like eating carrots. But, uh, but other than that, well, I have no, but other try, than that, I have no try problem. Grading them. <laughs> that's a good try idea. Grading that would, them, fix, know, that would fix the problem. Yeah. 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 Um, so, right. And so yeah. anyway, I know that you said you've had other friends that you've introduced that have also lost. Yeah. So my, my best friend, Rob, um, he and I have been working out together for, I don't know, year and a half 
two years now. And um, Rob's a, a bigger guy, you know, and so um, and Rob's always he said he's always struggled with his weight. You know, so sure. he's done keto, keto before and lost weight and, and different things. But um, we're working out together while I'm doing this in the beginning. And I haven't told him, you know, what I'm doing. I'm just doing it and I'm kind of keeping it to myself because I'm still worried about it. This is back in the beginning. Sure. And then and then he's like, you know, dude, you're losing weight. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this thing, you know, whatever. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, you know, it's a little bit weird out there, you know, just just I'm researching it a little bit more. And he's like, you know, so another week goes by and I drop, you know, three or four more pounds, you know, and he's like, dude, come on, tell me what you're doing. You know? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I, so I just spilled it, you know, I'm like, I had basically at this time, I probably read all the articles that you had on your website and I'm talking about, you know, electron transport chain and, you know, and, you know, my, sure. and he's like, and he, you know, and he was like, look, dude, just tell me, just, just tell, tell me, me what to do. do. Right. So, so he's, I'll bring a notebook over the house and he lives like just two, two, two houses away from me. So he comes over, we sit down, we have a long talk and basically he's like, well, just tell me what your diet is. I told him what I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. You're having a croissant with roast beef and like eggs and Swiss cheese for breakfast. Yeah. And I, I could drink a cup of bone broth. He's like, is that good? I'm like, yeah, put a little pinch of salt in it. It's great. He yeah. didn't It was like a cup of soup, you know? And he's like, okay, I can do that. You know, so what else are you doing? I'm like, well, I, I drink this spinach smoothie. It's three ounces of orange juice, like two ounces of cranberry, you know, three ounces of baby spinach in it and like a tablespoon of steric acid. You know, he's like, where do you get steric acid? Brad's website. OK, I'll, I'll order it. Boom. So he so I do two of them a day and drink these twice a day. And uh, so he does that. And then the, the ground I make every Sunday, he does the same thing. Every Sunday we do meal prep. So I cook two pounds of ground beef. And I cook like 50 ounces of potatoes and I put a whole stick of butter and a eight ounce packet of cream cheese in the potatoes, one of mashed potatoes. Right. Right. And like two teaspoons of salt and, you know, garlic, pepper, whatever. Sure. Season them up. And um, and these are the, the richest, butteriest, creamiest potatoes you ever had in your life. I mean, they're fantastic. I have them for lunch, like Monday through Friday, the entire diet. And how you I and mean, how and and how do you, to this day. And how do you reheat them? In a microwave. Microwave, yeah, yeah. At sure. work, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, sure. um, you know, and and I was real big on this, and I, I probably need to do it because I used to bring all of my food in uh, glass containers, and I've been using you know plastic. But anyway, whatever. You shouldn't sure. eat plastic in a microwave, but but I am. So so well, I, and that and and I'll and I'll and I'll tie that in with to what I mentioned before with the aryl hydrocarbon receptors. So. Yeah. One of the things, there's another one called like a steroid X receptor. I don't know. I forget what it's called, but it's the same thing. It, it Things like plastic and some of the things in plastic, it's recognizing and it's, and it's through the same signaling pathways. It's turning on some of those, those lipogenic genes and the, right. you know, the genes that we don't want. And so anyway, that's what I'm working on research these days is like how all of these things are sensing one of them is sensing plastic. One of them is sensing PCBs. One of them is sensing gut bacteria, and they're all they're all connecting in to like turn up these these genes to make um, yeah to make us fat basically. But uh, wow. but the glass the glass versus plastic and the microwave is a really good example of that. It's like yeah maybe if yeah. we're gonna microwave things, we should put in glass. Probably yeah, better, probably a better idea. You know, a book about, you know, I don't know, excitotoxins, you know, a couple, several years ago. And, and um, you know, it was that was part of it, you know, especially pl don't, you know, 
heat foods and plastic was a big thing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. storing it in them may not be that bad, but you know, in a right. refrigerator or something, but heating them in it's no, not great. Right. But yeah. So, and, and, and recently, uh, you know, a few months back, I started adding beef liver to my ground beef. So I have two pounds of ground beef and I have three ounces of beef liver, right? Grass fed local beef liver that I add to it. And I dice it up really, really fine. And it's, you know, spread throughout this, this whole thing. So I figure I'm getting 14 grams of liver a day. You'd be shocked how many, how much nutrients you get from 14 grams of liver. I mean, like I'm, 350 oh, yeah. percent of B12, you know, my iron and my copper and, you know, selenium and, you know, it's like, it's just crazy. Right. And a bunch of B vitamins. So so it's like a multivitamin thrown in. Right. Ground sure. Beef. Um, you know, so and I've since bought um, I found some oysters that are uh, packed in water because I, I like to eat them raw. Uh, but I you know, we only have like one or two places here to get them. And then when you, you know, it's pricey and it, you know, it's just, yeah, they're very expensive. They're know. great. I love them. I would eat them all day if they didn't cost like, you know, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, I, so I, I finally found a brand. Well, actually somebody on YouTube told me about a brand. One of the people commented, I wish I knew her name, but anyway, she said, Hey, have you tried this brand? And I immediately searched on my phone and it popped up that, you know, they had them here in town at whole foods. Right. Got in the car, drove over there and bought two cans of this, these, uh, Oysters packed in water because every one I ever found was packed in oil. It's packed in oil and it's usually like sunflower yeah. oil or some. Exactly. So, you know, a couple, couple oysters, throw in a couple, two, three oysters a day, you know, and get, you know, max, you know, really do good on the zinc and copper, you know, and iron ratio and stuff like that. So, but yeah, so, but that, but now I have switched. So I've moved my carbs up considerably since I got down to this weight, I've just slowly been moving my carbs up and, and moving my sack, my total fat down. Um, right. And so what do you, you know, that's interesting. So what are you at now macro wise and calorie wise? So I'm about still about 25, 20 to 25% protein, but I'm a, I'm eating about twice the amount of carbs I was when I was losing. So I was about 160 grams of carbs a day whenever I was losing. And I'm at uh, north of 300 a day now. And the bulk of my carbs come from sugar, simple sugars. So mm-hmm. I'm doing a, I'm slamming a couple 14 ounce glasses of OJ okay. every day. Uh, I, I still eat my pine and dos and I was like 65 grams of sugar in that. So I'm probably getting like 40 grams of complex carbs and then the other 200 and something from simple sugar. <laughs> Okay. You know, well, well lact- you know, lactose, so, fructose, you know, so, not, not, so, not all table sugar, but whatever. Well, it, so this is interesting. And this again is kind of like, uh, comes up in a lot of the research that I'm doing right now that I haven't written about yet. So, um, and so Ray Pete, as you may or may not know, is also big on orange juice. Yeah. And it turns out that, uh, orange juice has a, uh, a bunch of, of, of polyphenols. And one of those is, Something called hesperidin and narin naringin. I you know yeah. I trip mm-hmm. I trip over some of these words, but um yeah uh yeah but but what I well I think as near as I can tell the way that those things work is by actually stimulating um, certain receptors in your gut that recognize bile acids because if you look at uh, you know if you look so bile acids that we produce are very important at 
sort of uh, regulating metabolism and energy flow and how they they communicate with gut bacteria. That's how they, you know, right. traditionally, I think bile acids are a communication portal between like gut bacteria and our metabolism. But uh, something like orange juice has these compounds in it when if you look at them, uh, molecularly, they look, they're very much like bile acids. Bile acids are made of these multiple okay. uh, hexagonal structures, just like the polyphenols are. They're these okay. six sided rings of carbon, and they're like the ones in plants are very similar to the ones. And it's been shown that the, the polyphenols in orange juice absolutely stimulate the bile receptors. And I think that plays a huge role in, um, just energy usage uh right, right it's complicated why and we could have many podcasts about that but but no i think there's something to be said for orange juice because of the specific polyphenols in it you know and the citrus right. polyphenols are really good so that's interesting that you're you know a lot of your carbs are coming from oj because that's a yeah you I know mean, it's it's a big jump now i mean and and i and literally i am you know trying to move away from, you know, principally fat oxidation to, you know, more of a glucose oxidized, you know, that that's what I'm trying to, to do, right? you know, transition over to that, because I think that in my mind, I think that, you know, this was the perfect mechanism to rid my body of PUFA and in, and in addition, a bunch of body fat. And now that I've done it, I don't know that I want to continue being a a fat oxidizer. You know what I mean? Like, I no, I agree. That. And so, and so when you look at um, the difference between lean and obese people, one of the, one of the main, um, you know, biological differences is that lean people are better at oxidizing uh, starch and, and, you know, uh, carbohydrates than, okay. than, you know, obese people tend to be fat burners. Right. And lean people tend to be glucose burners. And I think that's interesting. I think when you look at the stages of obesity, losing the ability to burn carbohydrates is one of the first steps that happens in that path. And they kind of happen together, but right. you know, it makes sense. No, I, yeah. I totally agree with you that, that getting better at, at burning glucose is, or, or just carbs in general is, is beneficial to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I looked, I mean, I looked at some of your articles, you know, like along the way where you had talked about, you know, the, you know, Indians, American Indians eating maple syrup and, you know, they were the only fat Indians that they ever found or whatever, you know, like people that were right. you know, eating simple sugars and they were, you know, and I was, I was reading it and I'm, you know, with interest and it was awesome. Uh, and I, and I was thinking, and while I'm having, I'm reading it while I'm eating my pint of Hagadas and I'm, you know, looking at the 65 grams of sugar in this thing. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't know, that may be true, but I, I, this, what I'm doing over here is still working. So I'm just, well, right. And, and, and those, I mean, those native Americans were eating literally just All. purely sugar. That was their entire diet yeah, supposedly. Right, so that's exactly. like, you know, that's a kind of a special scenario, but it's, Sure. But it's fascinating that, um, you know, Native Americans in the 700s living a traditional lifestyle in the woods right. could actually become obese. I think that's like very right. You're like, oh, well, yeah. that's a really interesting anecdote. Like if there were fat Native Americans in the 1700s and they were just eating maple sugar, like that's I just 
find that to be a fascinating anecdote. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it is too. And I think that I, you know, if you, if you stripped out, you know, the, the fat and stripped out the protein and stripped out the vitamins out of your diet, other than what you f- would find naturally in maple syrup, you, you know, probably some sort of metabolic disaster, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, and obviously they're not going to get a protein. I mean, there's all kinds of problems with just eating yeah. people's sugar. Obviously there's no vitamins. There's no minute. Well, there is manganese, but other than that, <laughs> not much. Interestingly enough, it's, it's one, one thing that I supplement with, uh, manganese. I, I take, I, I bought the smallest amount I could find. And then I break the tablets into quarters. Cause I just, I don't really, once I learned how one, micronutrient can throw the balance of another one off, you know, and there haven't been studies done on all of them. Right. But it's really interesting that almost every food that, you know, like zinc and copper can compete with each other. Right. Right. Almost every, every food you find in nature, whether it's in the plant kingdom or the animal kingdom, if it has zinc in it, it's got copper. I mean, pumpkin seeds have both. Liver has both. Oysters have both. You know, they always, so it's like, when I, my thought process for getting my nutrients from my food is that, well, you know, they're going to be balanced, you know, at least to right. an extent. I'm I'm certain, you know, that you could overdo liver with iron and vit- and retinol. I mean, if I was to eat, you know, eight or 10 ounces of it a day, I don't like it well enough to do that. But if I, if I did, you know, in six months, I'd probably wind up with, you know, vitamin A toxicity. If I right. could eat, if I could eat 10 ounces of it a day. Sure. Um, you know, but it would take that long too. Cause I mean, basically what I read is like, you have to take hundreds of thousands of units of retinol a day for months to reach the toxicity level. Right. No, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but you probably also way too much iron, you know, doing that too. But you know, yeah. I, obviously 14 grams Monday through Friday, isn't going to get me there. So 14 grams of liver, I mean. Right. And nor is it when you think about from, um, you know, historical perspective it's like uh even native peoples who were you know living almost entirely of animal products wouldn't have had access to that much liver right right because if they yeah if they if they had you an know animal, you, they had to divide it amongst the whole tribe and and right. everybody wants a piece of well they feed the muscle meat to the dogs and they eat and they eat all the rest the organs Right. Or something. I mean, I've read that, you know, that's common in multiple tribes or, you know, like indigenous peoples, like in Eskimos, like during caribou season and in the Maasai, you know, in in Africa, they, they would eat preferentially eat the organ meats and the, they would give big hunks of what us Americans love to their dogs. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but there's no, but there's no uh, place where they're, where people are eating, 10 ounces of liver a day individually. Like I don't, I doubt that's ever been a thing, right? Like no, they, no, they, they I, prioritize I, eating them obviously because of the most nutrition, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think that there's tribes that there are particular organs that they would actually cut out even small organs and they would divide it up in really small doses and make sure everybody got some, Right. you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the Inuit or whatever, but like the thyroid gland, you know, Mm-hmm. And apparently, if you ate the whole thyroid gland, um, you could wind up in, in a serious world of herd. They called it, there was something, some craziness or something that they. Interesting. Like some, hyper, some hyper of, probably like hyperthyroidism, which is. Yeah, the pe- people would go nuts and run off in the wilderness and be gone. And they would say that he had the, you know, whatever their native word for, you know, he ate the thyroid. 
Right, right, right. That's interesting. (laughs) I've never heard that, but I know that, you know, people who are hyperthyroid are, are, that's exactly what they're known. You know, they're like flighty and they can't concentrate Mm. and they're all over the place. They're like, you know, um, that, so that's interesting. I've never heard that, but that's fascinating. But yeah, um, well, anyway, all right. Well, it's, it's, it's gone on a bit here. We should probably start wrapping this up. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, so you've been awesome. And, uh, I think p- obviously people are interested in your story and, uh, it's, it's, I think it's great that you've also introduced so many friends to this and, and found success and, um, have such a good understanding of the kind of how it works and, and, and the historical understanding. And that's awesome. How can, you know, and I know you, you've got a YouTube series now of videos how can people yeah, follow along with what you're doing seven or eight videos uh, um if you i mean if you search for the croissant diet on youtube you'll find me and somewhere in the top two or three but but i mean my channel is dave fit and it's subtitle are you saturated so uh, if you search for dave fit uh you know two words dave fit um you'll find me that that's my channel um and you know i i I'm so interested in this that I plan to do uh, a mouse study myself. I'm going to get three mice and I'm going to feed them, nice. you know, my, you know, rat chow and I'm going to feed sure. one of them, you know, Polly, you know, I'm going to give them soybean oil and the other one I'm going to name olive and give, give that one olive oil. And then I'm going to name the other one, you know, Steve for steric or something and, you know, <laughs> feed, feed, feed that one saturated fat and I'm going to feed them, you know, and I'm going to see what happens to them with the same, you know, isocaloric with the same amount of calories. So, I, uh, you know, uh, right. I I love that. Uh, do you, do you have to get the, um, well, I don't know. So here's a, here's an interesting, we could, this is a rabbit hole we could go down, but, um, so everyone does the research on these, uh, like CH six, seven BL mice or whatever. It's like the strain that they do all of the obesity research on. And they apparently have a, some kind of mitochondrial defect where the, the complex one and complex two don't like connect together how they're supposed to. And so if you take a wild, so, you know, if you look at the, yeah, re- I, was if gonna, you, I mean, my, if my, you look my at the basic research, understanding was I was going to go get three mice from the pet store. Right. So, so the problem is going to be a knockout is, mice. Well, so, well, so the problem is that if you just get three random mice, it's, so it's really hard to make mice fat. Like mice are really good at burning everything that you throw at them. So their metabolic rate is so high and they're good at switching fuel. They're just like, they're like superstars of, you know, staying lean little mice, right. And burning off fuel because they have all this brown fat and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the, so the problem is, so what a potential problem with this plan is that if you just get regular mice, you, they're not, they're all going to stay super. It doesn't matter what you feed them. They're all going to stay super lean. Oh, hey, six percent, they all look the same. Yeah. They're all, they're all going to look the same. And so, so you may have to get the, the weird mice with the mitochondrial defect if you want to make some of them fat and some of them not, but then that, but then that also gets at a greater problem of perhaps everything that we know about metabolic research is flawed because we're doing it all. We're doing it all on these mice with this mitochondrial defect. So um, just, you know, food for thought. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to research the type of mouse better. Uh, you know that that's selected, and maybe I've got a couple people I can you know message about it, and I'll, and I'll you know run it by you if somebody comes up with a novel idea. And right. before I start, because we're building a new house right now, uh, and so uh, it's a, you know two three months away from being finished. So I'm not going to oh, cool. start that until we until we move sure. into the new sure. place. Until you're the new place, yeah, yeah. I, I I have a goal of making a pig research institution where I'm like taking different types of pigs and feeding them different diets and doing you know exactly what you explained. Right. But but that's a well, I saw it's this taste a lot of money. I saw this study where they did this isocaloric study where they fed the three different, you know, diets and, and, you know, the, the poofa mouse looked like a tribble. I mean, it was just a basketball. I mean, it's like his legs were just sticking out of this circle body, right. you know, and then, and then the one in the middle, the mono mouse, you know, mono unsaturated was a little bit chunky. And then the, you know, the, the saturated fat mouse was lean. Right. You know, yeah. And, and so I saw this study. Well, first of all, somebody talked about it in a YouTube video and they threw it up, you know, in their slide presentation and they named the study and I went and searched for it and I found the study. And then since then, I cannot find it again. I cannot find that. I've searched. I, I can't remember what the name so was. I can't remember. And I can't find it. And every time I look, like I find reser- results that are the opposite of that. Right. You know, exactly. The, you know, like the, the, the soybean mouse was leaner than the, you know, the, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm like, first of all, you can't tell me that, you know, <laughs> just, just stop. <laughs> I, I, that's not true. I know it's not right. But, you know, but so, so that's, that's the whole thing is, so there was this idea, you know, knowledge and knowing, right. You know, knowledge is I read a study. Right. And I believe and I believe it. So this is the knowledge that I have. Knowing is I did the study. Right. Right. You know. Right. Uh, sure. And and like you said, and I'll, I'll publish the results, whatever they are. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, if it turns out to be the exact opposite, I'm like, well, I guess Pufa doesn't make mice fat, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, sure. But but like you said, maybe it needs to be a particular kind of mouse. So that, that's interesting. I'm sitting I'll be over here for six months feeding the, you know, spending money on feeding these mice. Money and they all look time the same. Those mice. You're like, they're all so lean. That, that, yeah, that exactly. happens with regular mice. So, right. so just just a word. Yeah. Word of warning. But um, well, yeah. Deal. Awesome. Well, this has been great. And um, it's uh, it's now. I don't know. It feels late. It, we started this at 8:30 p.m. my time, so I'm I'm a I'm a morning person, but we're doing great, uh, I think. Uh, okay, this was yeah. fantastic. It's been fun to have you on, and uh, you are, uh, yeah, you're the first uh, show of my of my theoretical new podcast, which I think we're going to make happen. So <laughs> thank you for well, coming awesome. on. Well, well I, I feel honored, and, and and it's great to meet you, the guy that uh, you know changed my my life in in a sense because you know i started this crazy crazy diet of yours and uh, and it worked so well that now i've got you know i don't know something like 40 people that i'm helping with it and it's amazing yeah you know, yeah so excellent yeah. all right well i'll probably i'm sure we'll have you on again uh and i will uh, i will talk to you soon all right thanks brad thanks, enjoy David. it all right yep. bye-bye all right bye-bye